Welcome to Publishing Gribble, the podcast that breaks the rules and helps you kickstart your career as a successful nonfiction author and entrepreneur. I'm your host, Melina Benson. If you can describe your perfect customer based on their skills and profession, you're probably using LinkedIn to attract and engage with your audience. But are you missing out on the true potential of this platform? Let's face it, LinkedIn is by many still considered a job search and career-enhancing platform for employees and managers. But that's not you, right? Depending on your niche and even your location, there will be differences in how relevant LinkedIn is for you. But if people in your audience are active there, there's a huge potential in creating and sharing content for LinkedIn posting. When people are engaging with your content on LinkedIn, you get a lot more help from the algorithm compared to posting similar content on Facebook. Even though LinkedIn has, in some areas, they're still catching up with other platforms. Like, they're still not offering live video to all. What's that about? But there are also areas where LinkedIn excels. My guest today is AJ Wilcox, a LinkedIn ads pro, who founded B2Link.com, a LinkedIn ads-specific ad agency, back in 2014. He's an official LinkedIn partner, host of LinkedIn ad show podcast, and has managed some of the world's largest LinkedIn ads accounts worldwide. You know you will love him when he includes in his bio that he's a ginger, a triathlete, lives with his wife and their four kids in Utah, and that his company car is a widget-fast go-kart. What's not to love? Let's jump in. AJ, welcome to the show. So excited to be here. Thanks so much. And I know you love doing podcasts. Oh, boy, do I. It's my favorite medium. I, I've I've been listening to podcasts. I, I have a subscription to over 30 different shows and I listen to them all. I have to listen at two and a half times speed to try to get everything in. So anyway, <laughs> all you listeners, I'm right there with you. I'm only on double speed. So you, <laughs> you yes. got me on that one. Yes. <laughs> so AJ, many of the listeners, they are entrepreneurs or small business owners, but for sure, they're also uh, uh, marketing professionals listening on the show as well. So we're gonna we're gonna talk both broad and very specific for, specific for those segments, okay? Perfect. So first, I would love to hear your business story. How do you get where you are today? Yeah, well, I started out as an SEO guy about 13 years ago. Uh, I fell in love with search engine optimization, and I did quite a bit of website building with HTML and CSS, um, quite a bit with Google Ads, but I just loved SEO. And then I went to a company, and this has been you know nine years ago. I went to go be the digital marketing manager, and uh, the first basically digital marketing guy for a company that's now public. And on my very first day, I go and talk to the CMO, my new boss, and I laid out my strategies for what I wanted to do with SEO and PPC and display. And she went, okay, all that sounds great. Go ahead and execute it. But just so you know, we started a pilot with LinkedIn ads about two weeks ago. So see what you can do with that. And I went, yes, ma'am, absolutely. I've never heard of LinkedIn ads before, but I'll give it a shot. And I, I went to work um, 
within about two weeks, I had a sales guy come up to me and who said, AJ, we are fighting over your leads. What are you doing? Like, keep it up. And I looked at those leads in our CRM. And even though LinkedIn ads was not the only channel I was running, it was the one that was producing all the leads that the sales team was raving about. And so it was that initial spark where I went, ooh, there's something here that, that uh, has not been appreciated that people haven't been getting yet. And so over the next two and a half years, I grew that to become LinkedIn's largest spending account and kind of stepped away from SEO and focused all of my guns on this channel that was so underappreciated. And when did you become an entrepreneur then? Uh, that has been just over six and a half years ago. Uh, I I left that company because I, I knew th- I started this company because uh, I knew that if no one was talking about LinkedIn ads, but I was seeing crazy successes, there's got to be you know, at least some opportunity out there to build a business off of it. And so my wife and I made this crazy decision, which I didn't think I was ever going to be uh, a business owner of any kind. Um, and we made the crazy decision to leap for it and said, hey, and if it's not looking promising after our runway of you know 10 to 12 months, you know, I can always just go get another job. And I'm so glad, so grateful I haven't had to. And what does your business look like today then? Yeah, so right now we we just hired a sales team to get me away from founder selling, which is amazing. Uh, we hired a CFO, we've got a growth consultant, and about uh, 15 employees who are all in the in the Utah area in the United States, um, working in an office here, just not too far away from where I'm at, and uh, we're you know small but mighty. And so it's a it's a marketing agency only focused on LinkedIn, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. About 90% of what we do is managing ads accounts for our customers. And then about 10% is uh, training, teaching, and consulting teams on how to run LinkedIn ads better internally. Okay. So just to um, be clear on this, is LinkedIn only for uh, business to finding business-to-business customers, or is it also to target individuals? Yeah, good question. What we find is, There are some things about LinkedIn ads that you should know. The first is it has amazing targeting to target people by who they are professionally. And the second is it's insanely expensive compared to, especially (laughs) if you compare to Facebook ads. And so because of those two things, business to business makes the most sense because usually we're trying to target people who fit a, a potential buyer category and we know what size of company and we know what industries. And so it works really well for B2B. Plus in B2B, we have these larger deal sizes, these um, you know, much higher lifetime values. Whereas with B2C, there are a few segments that work really well, like higher education, um, like MBA programs, recruiting you know, uh, new folks, or um, uh, something's in travel, something's in financial services, uh, certainly hiring if you just want to you know, bring on someone who like, let's say a new sales manager, you can target people who are already sales managers in your area and just ask them if they're interested. So um, I would say probably 95% B2B, but then there's that 5% of B2C that really will work. In my experience, also uh, educational programs that are related to uh, improving a career, for example. Um, so, for example, I just ran a very, I don't run a lot of those campaigns, but I just ran one ran one for a client that was for um, graphic facilitation, uh, for example. So that was for project managers. So when you can 
identify will and target will uh, from a job title, for example. But that's a really good segue into our first topic for today, targeting. So how, how what can you do in terms of targeting on LinkedIn? So I think last time I counted, there were 27 different ways to, of targeting professionals on LinkedIn. But I really go back to the main, I, I've got like seven or eight that I, I use all the time. And then a few that I, I kind of sprinkle in. So uh, I think everyone likes to use job title because it makes a lot of sense. But because of that, job title is more competitive to use. And so you'll end up paying more. So we also like using a job function, which is the department someone works in, and we'll layer on a seniority there. Um, we also like targeting people by their skills and layering on seniority. And we love targeting people by groups. I just want to ask about those skills. Are that they said those are the skills that you can ask people to recommend you for skills. That's what we're talking about here, right? Absolutely. Yes. And each member on LinkedIn can have up to 50 of these. So it's a it's a great way of like, let's say you're in marketing and you're so your job title is marketing manager, but if you have a skill of Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or TikTok ads, I can target you by a very specific kind of skill rather than just trying to go like, okay, everything marketing, let's hope that there are some people in here who do social ads. Okay. Okay, perfect. So you mentioned job titles, function, skills, and groups. And then for both function, skills, and groups, you mentioned a combination with seniority, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And those combinations will get you access to the right person, the person with the skills that you're you're looking to reach. Um, and then we like to throw on company targeting on top. Like we can uh, layer on what size the company is or what how fast the company is growing. If you want to target only those who are growing quickly or those who are who are declining, um, we can target by by specific industries. We can also layer on specific company names. So if you have an account-based marketing list of here are our top clients we'd love to go after, it doesn't cost very much to show ads to just very specific people at that very specific list of companies. Can you do lookalike audiences? Yeah. Yeah. You can do lookalikes. Uh, we don't use them all too much because if you imagine the reason why we like lookalikes so much on Facebook is because the targeting isn't very good at, at reaching specific business people. So we kind of have to take a list of people who we know are business people who fit our category and then try to do a lookalike off of that. But LinkedIn's targeting was so good to begin with that most of the time we don't need a lookalike, but you can use it if you want. Yeah. So you you think that targeting on LinkedIn is actually more more exact science than it is on Facebook? Uh, it, it is for who someone is professionally. If you want to reach someone by what their interests are, or uh, you know more of the B 2 C type of targeting, Facebook wins hands down. I mean, they have so much more data, they have better algorithms, they have more access to people. But if you only care about reaching CEOs of companies with at least 500 people in the transportation sector. Um, you know, you could try to reach those people on Facebook, but you'd be looking at like, like uh, CEO interests and things like that. And you'd be just spraying a bunch of cash and not getting very many of the right people. But on LinkedIn, you know, you can hit exactly the right people. So um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Facebook ads, but not very much in B2B. Okay. So you mentioned that 
these different, uh, you could say, targeting approaches, they have different costs associated generally and different volumes as well? Yeah, totally. Like uh, job title, where everyone goes first, we know it's probably going to be a dollar or two more per click than if you target using something else because LinkedIn only understands about 30% of the job titles on LinkedIn. And so you're, you're paying more for that specificity and you're also getting access to only about 30% of your audience. Whereas if you can go as broad as finding someone's department with seniority, that's going to get you the lowest costs. You'll probably pay you know, a, a dollar or two less. And, um, and if you can make it work with your targeting, like it, it's a whole department. So if you target like marketing, for instance, you'll hit digital marketers and you'll hit field marketers and event marketers and, and you know, all that. Um, but if you can make it work, that gives you the most volume at the lowest costs. And then you've got skills and groups that are kind of in between where uh, skills, because each person can have up to 50, then it's a pretty large audience and it doesn't cost very much. And then you've got groups where not everyone goes and joins a group on LinkedIn, but they're really passionate. They're the most active users. Um, so we like to basically combine all four of those approaches just because we know one is going to give us more volume. One's going to give us more efficiency. So it's really good to weigh them. And you can target your own group as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. How big of a group do, does it need to be? You have to have at least 300 people in your targeting at all times on LinkedIn in order to run. So as long as the group has at least 300 people, you're, you can advertise to it. Uh, but if it doesn't, you could just combine it with another group that does have more mem membership that's maybe similar in topic. I know that is, some of the listeners may have tried out Facebook advertising. Very few of them, I think, have used LinkedIn ads. Uh, quite a lot also, I get a lot of questions about how to use a Facebook page. And I know this is uh, on, on a bit of a side note, but there, the, the, the reach of a post is very, very low. How much of a reach do you get with an organic post on LinkedIn? It depends on whether that's coming from you individually or your company, because the algorithm works the same way. Uh, it's, it's really easy to go viral on LinkedIn. The only thing that you need is you need people to interact with that post. So the best thing that you can do to a post uh, that you want to go viral is get people to comment on it. Comments are gold for LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, but most people, they don't comment on business posts or on like a, a company's post because they don't know if someone's on the other end of it. It's, it's not very human. But when you have uh, a person, like if you or I post from our personal profiles, we'll probably get 10 times the level of engagement. So what I'm a big fan of is, yes, go ahead and publish as your company, but then you as a human... Uh, with your partners, with uh, employees, um, anyone else who it makes sense, have them kind of restate it as what it means to them. And if everyone publishes out together, you make a lot of noise and you don't have to pay for that reach. Yeah. Okay. So what, the reason why I'm asking is also that the fact that you can target groups, that is different from Facebook. So on Facebook, quite often, even though people were interested enough to actually joining your group, it can be very difficult to, yes. to actually get in touch with them. So I'm thinking that uh, ads on LinkedIn might be a way of 
um, having a more frequent con- communication also and making sure at least they see when you launch something new or you host a webinar or something and they could, you could actually use an ad to show to your own group then. Yeah. And the cool part about that, when you're targeting small audiences, it means you probably won't see a whole lot of volume, but it's also not going to cost very much. So if you have a group of, let's say, 500 or 1,000 people that you just want an evergreen drip going to, uh, you don't have to have a, a like a multi-multi-thousand dollar budget every month to run that. Uh, it's just you can have it on a, a slow slow drip. And uh, that's really empowering, I think, for for businesses with smaller budgets. Yeah, and for brand awareness, also both for engagement, but also brand awareness that you that you um, you stay in front of people until they engage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned retargeting. So you're not recommending that on LinkedIn. So here's the deal with LinkedIn's retargeting. It's uh, if you're doing website retargeting, it's a hundred percent cookie based, and I'm assuming the majority of your listeners understand that cookies are going away. And so LinkedIn's got to change something there. But as of right now, only about 40% of your traffic that you send to your website is going to be recognized by LinkedIn. And so if you're paying LinkedIn's average of like eight to $12 per click, which we see really often here in North America, um, if we're paying that much, but you're only able to reach 40% of them in a retargeting audience, that's really expensive. So what I love to do is use LinkedIn where you have access to the exact right audience and get them to your website or your landing page and then rely on Google and Facebook's retargeting to stay in front of them. So yeah, get the traffic from LinkedIn uh, to a place where you own it. And then Google and Facebook have amazing retargeting. It's better technology. It's significantly cheaper. I think that's the best way to go. Do you think that will improve on LinkedIn anytime soon? (laughs) I think it has to. Um, I, I do. I, I think LinkedIn is in a good position for when cookies go away because it's a site that people will stay logged into, not nearly as much as Facebook and Google. But uh, what we know is cookies are going to be respected if you're logged in. So, I mean, at least um, like the LinkedIn, Facebook, and Google, because you're logged in and, and cookies will persist a little bit more. It feels like they're at an advantage. I feel really bad for the third-party vendors, though, who have been using cookies, and now they're just like, oh, great, there goes our business model. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I just want to, something I have, I have admitted, I haven't even looked it up. Hashtags, can you use them for something in terms of advertisement, or is that only for organic? Uh, you can use them, but I, I recommend against it. And the reason why, if you're paying on a per-click basis or a per-engagement basis on your, your ads and someone clicks on your hashtag instead of your call to action, uh, there's a possibility that you're paying for that traffic when it's going to take them, it's going to take your, your ideal user to content that you don't own unless you have everything on that hashtag. Um, so... I would say use hashtags organically, but anytime you're using them in, in an ad, I would, I would hold off and just try to focus 100% of the traffic to the objective that you're trying to get them. Can you target people who follow a hashtag? Ooh, no, at least not yet. And I hope we can do that because that's one more, like this is someone who uh, right now we have to use groups to target that level of interest around a topic. Mm. And 
but there's so many people who are not joining groups because LinkedIn's groups product is not very good right now. And so if we could say, well, hey, if they're following three hashtags, like those are probably subjects that are near and dear to their heart. Uh, I would love that. I hope we get that in the future. Yeah, that would be excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on to what kind of campaigns and what kind of ads can you create? Yeah, so there are four different kinds of ads that you can create on LinkedIn. Um, the first that I recommend shows up in the newsfeed, and they're called sponsored content. And that can be a single image, it can be a video, it can be a carousel, um, but it's a really good place to start because so many people see it in the newsfeed. That's the default homepage experience for, for both app and mobile. So I'd say start there. But we also have two different ad formats that sit over in the right rail, only on desktop. One's called text ads, and they're just itty bitty. <laughs> Most have, don't even realize that they're seeing an ad. Um, and then there's one that's a little bit bigger where they actually take your picture and stick it in the ad, but it's called dynamic ads. And the final ad format is called sponsored messaging. And this is where you're going to pay not by click, which you can do with the other ad formats, but you pay per person that you send it to. And it shows up as a sponsored message inside their, uh, their inbox, their, their LinkedIn email, pretty much. Okay. So on uh, Facebook and Instagram, I know that uh, video is, oh, oh, and even carousels, are performing much better than a single image ad. That's not the same on LinkedIn, is it? <laughs> no, not quite. And, and I think the reason is when you're on Facebook or Instagram, your goal there is recreation. It's to be entertained. But when you're on LinkedIn, you're, you're usually on a mission. You're thinking about your, your job. You're on your way to go do something. And so because we're, we're not catching people when they're looking to be entertained, uh, we find that single image actually outperforms both video and carousel for the most part. But it's nice to know that we at least have the opportunity to test. Yeah. So th that's what you recommend, that you start with a single image ad and then you test video next or carousel or... Um... Yeah, I would say I would actually start single image sponsored content first And then I would test text ads because they're so inexpensive and there's a, you just get a ton of free impressions because they have such a low click-through rate. And so sponsored content and text ads work really well together. People will see your ads hundreds of times. And then by the time they see your sponsored content pop up, they'll go, oh, I've heard of that company before. They must be legit. And they're a lot more interested in clicking. So that's where I would kind of uh, spiral out from first. And then once you've got really good with your single image and text ads, then I would start looking at video, uh, potentially carousel, um, maybe even some of the sponsored messaging products. Okay. I would like to talk to you about some of all of those sexy numbers as well. Okay, cool. Bring it on. <laughs> and the, in the show, we love sexy numbers. <laughs> so um, what kind of click-through rates, cost per click, what can you expect on LinkedIn? Yeah, so if you're using sponsored content... Uh, the average in North America is $8 to $12 per click, and uh, it's going to be a little bit higher. It's, it's a little bit more expensive to use video. So if you're using video, expect it to be a little bit higher. Uh, but if you're using text ads, you'll probably end up paying somewhere between about uh, $3 to $5 per click. And of course, all of this is, is in North America, whereas if you go outside of North America or outside of the English language, which is 
the most competitive on LinkedIn, obviously, um, then costs come way down. So if you're in South America, you can get traffic for less than $2 a click. And in, in East, Eastern Europe, I mean, we're, we're paying you know, three, to, 3 to $4 for sponsored content. So uh, if you can go where it's less competitive you know, and still use LinkedIn's great targeting, it's, it's beneficial. So is that based on location or on, la on language? Uh, both. If, if you target English anywhere in the world, there are so many big advertisers in, in the U.S. who've said, ooh, we've had success here. What's the easiest way to, to expand? And it's keep targeting English profiles around the world and, and in you know, New Zealand and, uh, and England and Australia. And so you tend to see competition still being pretty high in the English language. But as soon as you start targeting people outside of English, then costs come down considerably because the big advertisers haven't, uh, haven't really built a big program around it because LinkedIn ads are, surprise, surprise, really hard to manage. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> having hundreds of campaigns to, to try to reach everyone in, in different languages, uh, most just don't have the appetite. How about the other way around if it's, for example, Spanish in the U.S.? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be considerably cheaper as well. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. What you're doing is you're targeting people by the language they have their profile set to. Yeah. And so for those who are bilingual or trilingual, they'll have a version of their profile in each of those languages. And if they happen to be surfing LinkedIn on their Spanish profile, then great. You're uh, Even if they're in the US and they should be you know, pretty, uh, pretty competitive, then Just because you're targeting them in Spanish, you'll probably get a two, three, four dollar per click discount. Okay. So moving on to, I want to talk to you about the actual creation of, let's take, for example, a single image sponsor ad. So how long should the text be? Do you test both long and short text or is it a, in general one or the other that works the best? Yeah, in general, short works better on LinkedIn. Um, and this is where it's very opposite of, of Facebook. There's so much that's similar with Facebook, but then a few instances like this where it's polar opposite, where on Facebook, people are there to be entertained. They're willing to read. So you can kind of get them wrapped up in a story. On LinkedIn, we cut right to the chase. We know we're only going to get a just a small uh, amount of their time and attention. And so immediately... And these are busy people. We want to get the value out or touch on that pain point that they're feeling as fast as possible. Uh, we've only found two cases where we've tested long copy and it's outperformed shorter. So in the you know, hundreds of tests we've done, it's try to keep your intro text under like 135 characters. And we found that to be the best. Wow. So that's even shorter than the old Twitter posts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just to give an idea of how, how, how little space that is to express yourself. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you'll get like a big image underneath that. And then underneath that, you'll get, you know, 55 more characters of a headline. But, but it really isn't very much. But that's the, that's the key is because these people are busy. They're on their way to do something else. And so you just want to get the value out to them immediately so that they don't just skip right by. And how about the image? Do you choose that the same way as for, for example, Facebook or, or is it something else that would work on LinkedIn? Yeah, very, very similar. With, um, with both Facebook and LinkedIn, the color palettes are very blues, grays, and whites. And so we find that the best image is something that contrasts, that stands out. And so 
Same thing with Facebook. If you can use heavily oranges, reds, greens, purples in your image, the job of the image isn't to convert people. It's to get them to stop scrolling. So if you can have a good contrasting image, then uh, it will bring more attention to the the ad copy that you've worked so hard to write. Yeah. So about the offer, uh, whatever your call to action is, um, does this work for any kind of funnel? I know that if, if it's more expensive, you would need at some point in your funnel to offer something of more significant value. Yeah, what we find is LinkedIn ads are too expensive to show ads to uh, to a prospect where you're not asking for something in return. So if you're just spending eight to twelve dollars per click to get people to your blog posts, like that's going to probably look really expensive later on. You're definitely building goodwill, but it's it's hard to track that goodwill. And if we ask too much, like, hey, cold traffic, come and talk to our sales rep, get a demo or buy something now. They're like, whoa, I've never heard of you before. Like, I'm, I'm not ready for this. And so what we like to start with is somewhere in between where we're providing great value to someone based off of, you know, here's a here's a webinar where you're going to learn X, Y, and Z, or here's this guide that's going to teach you how to do a skill. And in exchange for that, we do ask for them to fill out a form. And uh, by taking that gated content approach, we get the signals as marketers that what we're offering is valuable enough to get people to give us their personal information. Um, And we know what to scale, what to optimize off of. So that's the way I would generally start is provide something of extreme value so that you can get someone to fill out a form. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be selling some, some, something right there and then. It can be like gated content, a webinar or other type of funnel. Uh, and I guess you would need a little bit of patience until you actually see how well it's performing. How How long do you recommend people give it before they judge whether or not this campaign is working? I like to set a, a boundary of, at least if I'm paying North American prices, I'm going to dedicate about $5,000 to a test and not call it before that that period. Um, if that takes two days to spend that money or if it takes six months, either way, I want about that much in spend so I can analyze. And what we find is you'll get people in through webinars and white papers and stuff And then a good sales team is going to, in the next week or two, be able to get 10 to 20% of them on calls uh, for demos. And then everything after that is based off of what your sales cycle looks like. If your sales cycle takes six months to close, yeah, you'd you'd probably want to wait a full six months to see those those deals close. Or you might just look at your uh, marketing qualified lead status and your sales qualified lead status and say, oh, it does look like these these leads have promise, so we'll keep investing. And what if it's a fully digital uh, funnel, like, for example, a digital course you're selling? So maybe there's no sales team doing the follow-up. You have some kind of nurture sequence or some other follow-up sequence. Uh, how long would you then recommend? Then you can get it down to a shorter period of time? Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you're selling something digital that no one has to touch it, um, then Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, let's say if your average sales cycle is three or four days, maybe give it a a week or two with significant traffic. Um, Because with LinkedIn, we're reaching all these people who 
They've never heard of you before. This is the first time they've heard of you. And so we know sales cycle is probably going to be a little bit longer than average, but we have seen fully automated funnels work well. It really just comes down to the cost. Like, you know, do the do the, the conversion in your head if you're paying eight to twelve dollars a click. So conversions are, uh, you know, content conversions are anywhere between you know thirty to eighty dollars. And then if ten to twenty percent of those get, you know, will get on a call um, or or make it to the next step, then you know you can figure out if I'm selling a course for two hundred dollars, I, I won't be able to make money off of that. Versus if you're if you stand to make you know ten fifteen thousand dollars from someone getting to the bottom of the funnel, then yeah, all lights are green. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, what are the steps that uh, someone who would like to get started with LinkedIn ads should take? I love this question, Malene, because it's it's so so important. Every time I go and try out a, a, a new ad channel. Like I, I jumped in Quora last year and I was just like, ah, oh, I'm so lost. I don't know what, what I need. And this is just taking a lot of time. Uh, we had the same thing with LinkedIn where, you know, I, I jumped in myself and tried to figure it out. And so we ended up releasing, it's the eight questions that we need in order to, or the eight things we need in order to start advertising. And we released that as a free guide on our website. So anyone who wants that for free, just go to b 2 linkedin com slash checklist and you can download that um, that will hopefully give you a nice leg up for getting started and you won't have to do what I do which is just flounder like a, a fish out of water every time I touch a new channel so I can I can put that link in the show note as well uh, so the first the first time you would need to start an a LinkedIn what are they called Ad, an ads account oh yeah what are they called yep <laughs> they call it a, a, an ads account or a campaign manager account. And anyone can do that for free. Anyone can go and open up an ads account, even if you don't plan on advertising, just to get access to a bunch of the tools there. Um, you can do that by going to linkedin.com slash ads, but the checklist will walk you through, like you need, uh, you know, you need access to a company page to advertise from, and you'll obviously want to get your targeting together and your, your visual creative and write some ad copy. So all that will be covered in the checklist. And installing the uh, LinkedIn Insights tag as well. Absolutely. So, so that you can measure from the traffic on your website and if it's actually working or not. <laughs> yes. And then once you have that that Insight tag, it allows you to start building audiences for retargeting, which you know we, we talked about. There's maybe some interest there. But I think the, the coolest part, it'll do conversion tracking for you. So that's cool. But everyone gets access who has the Insight tag installed. Everyone can get access to LinkedIn's free website demographics. So you install that tag, and then it's watching every visitor who is coming to your website. And then it, it'll come back and tell you, hey, the majority of your visitors look like this. They're coming from these specific companies. They tend to have these job titles. That's really cool information that you don't even have to pay for. Yes. Yes. That's just perfect. So AJ, is there anything that I should have asked you that I have Overlooked or forgotten? <laughs> oh man, I, I think we covered all the, like all the basics. I think it, for me, everything comes down to testing. And one of the the big benefits to LinkedIn is because the targeting is so good, you can run lots of little tests against each other. And the way it works out, because the targeting was so good, we can run, let's say, a, a campaign targeting directors versus a campaign targeting VPs of you know the same kinds of companies. 
And the difference between the two, if we're running the same ads, it's kind of like a focus group that you didn't have to like organize yourself. And you can learn about what your specific areas of your ideal target audience, what they like, what they don't like, what they'll convert on, what, you know, what's not of interest. And so use LinkedIn ads, not only for generating leads, but also researching to understand who your ideal customer is, what they like and do more of what they like. Yeah. Ah, perfect. I love that. Thank you so much for coming to the show today being a guest here. <laughs> Thanks so much, Malene. Have me back anytime if you want a round two. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take you up on that offer. <laughs> Thank you so much. How about that, friend? Were you aware of all these targeting options on LinkedIn? I hope you will consider looking more into this platform and these opportunities if your audience is active there. Before we end this episode... Are you a member of the free community on Facebook yet? Come and join us in the Course Creators Cafe and bring all of your questions and all of your awesomeness. See you there. Bye for now.